Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, family. How y'all doing? Good? 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 Excellent. Excellent. Well, for those that don't know, my name is William. I'm one of the youth leaders of uh, Beacon Ministry, which is our, uh, amen, amen, our youth ministry. And I will be preaching the gospel, but before I do, I just want to thank the pastoral team for allowing me to preach today. It's truly an honor and a privilege. I don't take it lightly or for granted. And um, thank you just so much for your, for your support and this opportunity. Um, also, of course, I want to thank my gorgeous wife, Arielle, for all of her love and support. Um, uh, encouraging me in ministry to step up and, you know, doing the uh, small group and the, the study of Colossians together. And it really gave me the material and, um, you know, uh, gave me the word to, to preach today. So thank you so much. And, of course, I want to praise and honor the Lord. So would you please join me in prayer? Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity uh, to just gather and to worship you, to uh, understand your word, to process and to apply it to our lives. I just pray that the words of my mouth and the uh, meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our rock and uh, my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So uh, good morning and welcome. If this is your first time at Kairos Church, I want to say welcome. Um, this is uh, a very special Sunday service, so we are always excited to praise the Lord, but it's only this hype on fifth Sundays, okay? Um, you know, we're always excited to be in the house of the Lord and praise God, but uh, we have uh, all of our entire congregation here meeting. You see, normally, Beacon, Beacon is our youth ministry again, uh, we'll be in the back with Ariel and Jacob, uh, you know, applying the uh, scripture to our life. Beacon, Beacon, where y'all at? Make some noise. Beacon, Beacon, very good, very good. Holding it down, amen, amen. And so, yeah, we'll be in the back classroom setting, just applying the gospel to our lives in the classroom and instruction and age-appropriate instruction of the Lord. And then we also have uh, fire, fire where y'all at? Amen, fire, amen, amen, amen. Always excited to praise the Lord as well. And they'll be doing the same thing, led by the Catlets in their own classroom setting with age-appropriate instructions in the gospel as well. And then we also have Spark, Spark, are y'all here? Man, Spark, Spark, amen, amen. Spark is always excited to praise the Lord as well. And so we have um, them, they're doing the same thing again. Um, praising the Lord, age-specific instructions as well. And, um, well, actually, let me not forget the youngest of the generation, our future leaders um, of nursery. Nursery, where y'all at? The one time I give my son a chance to yell, he doesn't do anything, you know? Um, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Um, but yes, yes, so we are usually in our own separate areas of the church and in praising the Lord. Um, but it's so great and wonderful to see us all gathered together, you know? So see us all in one body, in, in one sanctuary, with one purpose of praising the Lord and worshiping together as one family. Amen? Amen. I mean, just look around. Just look around. All the different faces and, and families here for that one purpose. Look around. Go ahead, you know? Go ahead. Yeah, and if you want to put a smile on someone else's face, go ahead and tell them, I'm glad you're here today. Yeah, I'm old school. Go ahead. Let them know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Let them know. And if that person, if that person isn't awake, that person didn't have their coffee, go ahead and find somebody else and let them know, I'm glad you're here today. And those online as well, thank you for joining us. Seriously, this is a big deal. You could be anywhere in the world right now. You can be doing a lot of different activities, but you chose that in this moment, Praising the Lord and, and seeking God is important, and it's so important. And I know many of you are like, William, come on. It's Sunday. Like, that's what, you, which, that's what you do. It's Sunday. You go to church. And that's true for many of us who come from Christian households on Sundays. That's what you do. But I was not raised in a Christian home. So my Sundays 
was just another, you know, hour, you know, or two to play video games, you know. Um, it was just another day of the week, you know. It wasn't, it's nothing special. My summers looked different. My school year looked very different. To illustrate this point, um, I just want to do a little bit of a quick survey, okay? So raise your hand if you attended church one other time this month. Raise your hand if you attended church one other time. Most people, okay, yes. So you can put your hands down. That was as many times as I would attend church all year, once or twice all year, you know? Yeah, yeah, growing up. That was, that's, I didn't go to church. That wasn't normal. Um, maybe more if I visited my grandmother. She was Christian, so she took me to church, but that just wasn't a regular part of me up, upbringing, you know? Um, so raise your hand if you, um, people prayed over you or you prayed over your siblings or your parents would pray for you growing up. Raise your hand if you've seen prayer in your household. Okay, so um, very good, and that's great for you. But for me growing up, the only time I experienced any kind of prayer was right before breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Amen? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it wasn't a regular experience. Um, a couple more questions. Raise your hand if you uh, see people reading the Bible, or like you read the Bible regularly, you've got multiple Bibles and multiple rooms in your house. You know, raise your hand if you, have, you see Bible reading in your household. Okay, again, you can probably see where this is going. I did not have that experience growing up either. The Bible, I think we had a Bible in our house, but it was just another book on the shelf next to a bunch of other books, you know, next to textbooks and stuff, you know. Um, last question, raise your hand if you would hear worship music in your house, if you would praise the Lord together as a family, uh, you hear gospel music, you have like worship nights as a family, you know. Raise your hand, yeah, yeah, okay, very good. Again, um, no, that was, that was unusual. So this is actually kind of new to me, the church and, and all of this. This is, this is um, super special. It's super important to me. I don't take it lightly for granted. Um, just to be able to worship freely the Lord. Amen. It's so special that we're all gathered together. Uh, there's a lot of different you know, differences between like a Christian family and a non-Christian family, you see. Um, so, but what is a Christian family? What is a Christian household? What is the Christian home? It's very important especially a very important and appropriate for today's family service and one which we will be answering today. I believe God's word has the answer for us and um, we will be seeking that in God's word. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, and I pray that you do, please turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 is where we'll see some key features of the Christian family or Christian household. Colossians chapter 3, and we'll be looking at verses 17 through the first verse of chapter 4. If you're there, say amen. If you need more time, say kairos. That's all right. If you just like saying kairos, that's cool too. That's all right. Amen. Amen. Again, that's Colossians. Yeah, Colossians chapter 3. Amen. Verses 17 through chapter 4, verse 1. All right. That will be our scripture for today, where we'll see some distinctions of a Christian family and Christian household. Amen. And um, I got to admit, when I first came to this passage, um, it wasn't easy. It was hard for me to receive. Um, so I praise God for uh, Ariel and the Lejeunes who were helping me in studying this word and grasping with this text. We were praying about it and, and, and studying this text. And I think this is the word for us today that is so important for us to understand what a Christian family is all about. And I say it was hard for me because, you see, depending on who you are and, you know, um, your own role in your own family, you might um, be a little offended or bothered by some of the, the scripture here, you see, um, particularly because of how a lot of people may be abused or misused or taken verses here out of context. I recognize that, that some of these verses having to do with wives submitting to their husbands or slaves obeying their masters, they might rub people the wrong way, as it did me. 
but I hope that you just give me a chance, and I hope that you have a soft heart for God's word, because I believe, as Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, and training in righteousness and correction. Amen? And so even though this might be a little convicting at first, I believe that it is beneficial. The gospel is good news and good for us. Amen? Amen. So let's dive into the text, but before I do, let me just give you a quick little brief context of uh, Colossians. So the Apostle Paul, who knows who the Apostle Paul is? Okay, I see a lot of people know who the Apostle is. So what do you know about Paul? Just tell me something you know about Paul. He was what? He was Saul. He was first with Saul. Anything else? What else do you know about Paul? He wrote what? He wrote a lot of letters. He and Luke wrote over half of the New Testament. Anything else? One more thing. What do you know about Paul? Yes, he persecuted Christians originally when he was Saul. Absolutely. So, yes, the Apostle Paul is the leader in the church, and he wrote this letter to the church at Colossae and to encourage them in their faith, to instruct them in ministry, and to uh, preach the gospel, to remind them of the gospel. And so that's what we have here. He, in chapter 1, outlines the gospel, who Christ is, and then he goes on to write in chapter 2 his purpose for writing this letter. And in 3, we see what we should do with this knowledge, with the understanding of the gospel, how should we giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and don't be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they won't become discouraged. Slaves, obey your human masters in everything. Don't work only while being watched as people pleasers, but work wholeheartedly, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do it from the heart, as something done for the Lord, not for people knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for whatever he ha- wrong he has done, and there is no favoritism. Masters, deal with your slaves justly and fairly, since you know you too have a master in heaven. That's the word of God for the people of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we are going to see that in this text that the Lord is the foundation of every family. And we see that these different features or aspects um, of a Christian household all point to Jesus Christ. And the Lord, again, is the foundation of every family. Whether you're a Christian or not, whether you believe in Jesus or not, the Lord is the foundation of every family. Amen? Amen. And so I understand that you got married, and, and, but that wasn't your idea. You know, that wasn't, you didn't come up with marriage. You didn't come up with a family. And I know the government has laws and policies regarding child care or marriage and so on, but the government doesn't, they didn't establish the family and didn't ordain family either. And yes, I know there's a lot of shows like, uh, what, Family Feud and Family Matters and the Adams Family and the Proud Family, but the culture, you know, these shows, you know, there's so many more shows as well, that doesn't determine or define what a family is either, what a Christian family is. The Lord did. The Lord established the family all the way back in the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis. In Genesis chapter 1, he made the first man and the first woman, Adam and Eve, and he told them, be fruitful and multiply. So that's what he did. They obeyed and they made a family and that family grew. And um, for those that don't know, my family is growing as well. Amen. And we are being fruitful and multiplying. (laughs) It's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. God established that. He put that in place, and it's been ever since. God established. The Lord is the foundation of every, every family. Amen. So let's see some key features, though, of a Christian household. Let's look. Starting in verse 17. 
Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we can see the first feature. The first feature of a Christian household is that they know God. Can you say know God? Know God. Okay, the first feature is to know God. All right? That's for everyone. We need to know God. He's the foundation. And we see that in everything we do in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to the Father. So you need to know him. If you are identified as a Christian, if that's your identity is in Christ, then everything you say and everything you should do should be in a reflection of that. Amen? Amen? Paul goes to great lengths to tell you who Jesus is in all of his letters. If you don't believe me, you can just turn back a page or two to Colossians chapter 1. In Colossians chapter 1, we see uh, a brief Christology or a brief survey or study of, of Jesus Christ in chapters, uh, verses 15 through 20. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20, we see a bunch of different descriptions and depictions and, and how the Lord is described. Amen? Do you see some of this? If it's, if it's sectioned off like it is in my Bible, you see something that says like the centrality of Christ. It's the core, it's the foundation. If you see, if you see a depiction, go ahead and shout it out. What do you see? How, do, how is God described? What is he? What do you see? Verse 15. Mm-hmm. Amen. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. What else? What else is God to you? What else do you see? Mm-hmm. What you else you got? Anything else? He's the image of God in verse 16. What else is, is Jesus? Uh-huh. He's the creator. He's the creator of everything. Jesus is creator. Jesus is Lord. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, this is a little bit of call and response. Yeah, but you didn't know you were going to be tested on this. One last one. What else do you see? How else is Jesus described? What else do you know about God? He's the head of the body, head of the church. Amen. He is the head of all of us. He is Lord of all. And because of that, he is the foundation of all, including our family. Amen. Amen. It's very important for we to know who Christ is. If you don't know who Christ is, now you do. You can continue reading to learn more about him. It's so important. The Lord is the foundation of every family. So know Christ. The second feature of a Christian household is to follow Christ. Can you say follow Christ? Follow Christ. Amen. Let's look at uh, verse six, uh, 18. Wives, submit to your husbands. Uh, uh, to your husbands that's fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and don't be bitter towards them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers or mothers or parents, as some verses say, do not exasperate your children so that they won't become discouraged. Amen? So we see in, in this passage here that there is a, a relationship with the Lord. There's a following and, and there's a fittingness and pleasing of the Lord. Amen? Now, you might be tempted to focus on someone else's role, right? You might be like, oh, you're not doing this. <laughs> you might be tempted to look at your spouse or to look at your children right at this moment, but I, I, I encourage you to focus on yourself, okay? Like as, the, as Jesus said, you know, take the stick out of your own eye before you inspect the, the speck in someone else's eye, amen? Amen? Soften your heart to receive instruction from the Lord and not harden your heart to someone else in your family. All right, no one's perfect, but we see there's some instructions here. And if we're being honest, there, there, I see a, a coupling, and, a, and we see Paul putting pairs of these commands together. It's not like one is supposed to do one and the other is not supposed to do the other. No, we're supposed to submit and love each other. Amen? We see wives and husbands loving and submitting to each other as it is fitting to the Lord, as fitting to the Lord. Amen? Likewise, children, and, and we see a coupling of children and parents, Children obeying, of course, and then fathers and parents not, you know, exasperating or encouraging their children. 
And these are the things we might struggle with. I know if I'm being honest, I struggle with this as well. I might do one sometimes, but not, you know, uh, you know, being bitter the other time. It's hard for us. And so the Lord, through Paul, is writing this letter to remind us, to remind us how we can keep the Lord the foundation of our home. Amen? Amen. So the first one is to know Christ. The second is to follow Christ as fitting, as pleasing to the Lord. The third, and I'm almost done. I promise it won't be long. I know we got food downstairs. The third feature of a Christian household is to serve Christ. Can you say serve Christ? Amen. Let's look at these last final uh, verses here. Slaves, obey your human masters in everything. Don't work only while being watched as people pleasers, but work wholeheartedly fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done from the Lord, not for people, knowing that you will receive the Lord of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back forever. Whatever wrong he has done, there is no favoritism. And lastly, masters, deal with your slaves justly and fairly, since you know you too have a master in heaven. And like I said, um, because of our country, how the history and of slavery in our country, this might be a little tricky for folks talking about slaves or bond servants and overseers and masters, I understand that. And I do want to uh, make a, a, a notion here that there's a distinction between biblical slavery or American slavery, right? Uh, slavery in the Bible and, uh, and slavery in the United States were very different. And we can see that here in the text. Yes, it talks about slavery, but it's talking about it a little bit differently. We see in biblical slavery, slaves was just another part of the family. This is another role. It's listed with all these other roles, right? Right? Not only that, we see that in American slavery, that slaves weren't even considered humans. Not only weren't they weren't considered a part of the family, they weren't even considered human. They were just chattel, another piece of property, subhuman, three-fifths of a person. You know, so we see there's a difference between American slavery and biblical slavery. I know this is, the word's the same, but there's differences, there's nuance. You have to see it in context. In addition, we see that there's a... Uh, that masters should deal with their slaves justly and fairly in biblical slavery. That's what they did. That's what they should have done. But in American slavery, we know that just and fair treatment of slaves was rare. It was the exception, not the rule. Right? And lastly, I want to point your attention to verse 11. And verse 11 says, In Christ there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free, but in Christ is all and in all. In Christ... Slavery wasn't an identity. It wasn't their primary identity. Oh, no. It was about, all about being a follower of Jesus Christ and serving Christ. Right? Right? And so we see in America that was very different. A lot of it was tied up to the institution of slavery here in America. You know, there were civil wars and so much that's happened and ramifications of slavery here that was very, very different. And so even though I know that because of our country and how we treated people who were enslaved here, I don't want you to miss the message. The core, the core is in verse 24. You serve the Lord Christ. Amen? In every family, we should seek to serve the Lord. The Lord is the foundation of every family. Therefore, it is in your best interest to serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm going to close and just give you just three ways for you to keep the Lord the foundation of your home. Number one, this is for all the spouses, husbands and wives. This is for you, okay? So spouses, remember and recall and recommit to the vows you made to each other. Amen? Amen? Go ahead. If your spouse is in the room, go ahead and look at them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Admire them. I know, I know. It's a little awkward, but go ahead. Just look at them. You used to admire them all the time. What happened? I know. You might have had a fight this morning or last night. Just, just, just admire them. You know, it's so beautiful. And, and remember that day. Picture it. Picture it. What was it like? I'm sure you were excited. It might have been a big wedding, a small wedding, courthouse wedding, backyard wedding. I don't know. But you were so excited. You had your suit on, your dress on. 
So excited. Amen. And what did you do? Remember what you said and what you did. You made a sacred covenant before your family and before God. So I encourage you to recommit yourself. It's never too late to fulfill those promises you made to your spouse. Amen? Amen. Some people like to renew their vows. I'm all for that. You know, some people didn't have a big wedding when they were younger, so they renew their vows. I think that's excellent. Whatever you do, do it for the Lord. Amen? Recommit yourself to fulfilling your vows. Next way for you to keep the Lord the foundation of your home is for the children. Children, and that includes Beacon. Yes, yes, I know you're older children, but you're still children. I know you got jobs and you're working now, you're driving and stuff. Yeah, that's great, paying for your own phone bill. But even with all your responsibilities, this is especially important to you. Learn to respect the Lord's authority. Amen? Amen? It's never too late to follow and know and serve Christ. Don't wait till you're an adult like I did. The more you learn and to grow in Christ and experience God's love and love Him, the more you will appreciate your heavenly parents, uh, your earthly parents, if you appreciate your heavenly parents. Amen? Amen. Lastly, this is for everybody, whether you're a Christian or not, whoever you are, wherever you are, I just encourage you to appreciate your family. Spend time with your family, quality time with your family. Pray for your family. I know no family's perfect, but it's the one the Lord blessed you with. Amen? Amen? Listen, listen. In this pandemic, there's been far too many funerals. And I just um, encourage you to um, spend time with your family. You're going to miss them when they're gone. Um, so I'm going to close, but I feel like um, perhaps someone here today, maybe online, is thinking, you know, um, you might be still having a hard time with the scripture. I know it was hard for me as well. Uh, maybe. You know, you're not from a Christian home or your family's less than perfect. I get it. Families can be pretty messy and at times dysfunctional. And I get where you are. I can understand to some degree. Um, and I just want to pray for you and be with here and just recognize, like, no family's perfect. The only person that was perfect without sin was Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ has reconciled you and redeemed you. Through his life, death, and resurrection, you don't have to live in sin. Your family doesn't have to live in sin or be in bondage to generational issues. Listen, I know firsthand how divorce and abuse and incarceration can impact a family. I know firsthand. I was raised in a Christian household, and I just think that, that if there's someone here who doesn't know Christ, then right now you can start a relationship with him. If, if you need to know who Christ is, if you want to follow Christ, if you want to know God's love, and if you want to experience him for yourself and for your entire family, then he's here. He's welcoming you to this family, to his family. Amen. If you need a church home, this, the, churches, the doors of the church are open. The Lord loves you and will welcome you into his family. You have an identity and foundation in Christ. You don't have to be bound to the sin that you have experienced. It doesn't define you. Oh, no. You are a new creation in Christ. Amen. And so if you don't know Christ, I just want to pray for you. You can respond to Jesus Christ right now, right now and through prayer. So let me just pray for you. If you pray silently, I'll pray out loud as we close, oh Lord. God, we just thank you for this day. We just thank you so much for our families, for everyone here, for everyone who's online, for everyone who's watching. Oh Lord, you've blessed us with a family, you've blessed us with this life, and we, you bless us with eternal life through Jesus Christ. So I just pray for right now for someone who doesn't know you. Lord, may they come to know you, oh Lord. May they come to follow you and serve you and to experience your love firsthand. We just thank you so much for sending your son to die on our behalf. Oh Lord, that's the good news of the gospel, Lord, that, that we don't have to be perfect. 
only you were perfect. You sacrificed your son for our salvation, for the, the just forgiveness of our sins, oh God. So we ask that you forgive us. We know that without you, we have no hope. We have no strength. We are desperate for you. We need you, oh God. We need you. You are the foundation of the world. You're the foundation of our family. And so, Lord, we need you. Set us, we, we're just going our own way, oh God. And we want to go back to your way, oh Lord. Help us. Help us. Help our families. Help our families and our children and, and our spouses, Lord. Let's just pray in Jesus' name for all those who are listening today. Bless them and go forth, O oh Lord. Amen.